question to the Prime Minister, Richard Waterway. Number one, yeah. Mr. Speaker. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. In, adju- in addition to my duties in the House, I shall have further such meetings later today. Um, Mr. Speaker, the Prime Minister will be painfully aware that since the 1930s, no Labour government has left office with unemployment lower than when it entered office, and usually after a recession. Will his Labour government be any different? Mr. Speaker, we have created three million jobs in the last ten years, and even with the rise in unemployment, Unemployment is lower than the three million unemployed under the Conservatives. And we, and, and we never said that unemployment is a price worth paying. It was the Conservatives. Paul Krugman, who has recently won the Nobel Prize for Economics, has said, people ask me what I think should be done about the financial crisis. And he said, the answer is what Gordon Brown is doing in Britain. Tell the House, if the rest of the world is following Britain, where does that leave those at home who oppose the action we have taken to give the economy the boost of well, let, let, let me congratulate Mr Krugman on his Nobel Prize. Uh, I, I think that people are beginning to understand round the world that we are dealing with an, a new situation of lower inflation next year, a downturn and a credit crunch. And that requires very special measures indeed to deal with unprecedented circumstances. And I believe that round the world there is now increasing support for the policy that we have put forward in addition to recapitalization of the banks, and that is a fiscal stimulus to back up interest rate cuts. And while the Conservatives say that this is unacceptable to them, it is now happening in Germany, it's happening in France, it's happening in Spain, it's happening in Australia, it's happening in China, it's happening in America. And it's about time the Conservatives entered the real world. Only only this Prime Minister could be quite so smug on the day 140,000 people have lost their jobs. But before turning to the economy, I want to ask the Prime Minister about the tragic death of Baby P. This happened in the same children's services department that was responsible for Victoria Climbier, and yet again, nobody is taking responsibility, nobody has resigned. Does the Prime Minister agree with me that the Haringey inquiry is completely unacceptable? It is being led by Mrs. Shoesmith, who is the Council's own Director of Children's Services. Does the Prime Minister agree with me she cannot possibly investigate the failure of her own department? Let let me say first of all, and I believe I speak for the whole country, that people are not only shocked and saddened, but horrified and angered by what they have seen reported about what happened to an innocent 17-month-old boy. Every child is precious, and every child is unique, and every child should have the benefit of support and protection, both from their parents and from the authorities that be. And this tragedy that has arisen because of a violence and torture of a young child, where three have already been found guilty, raises serious questions that we have to address. The first set of questions is being addressed by Lord Laning, who is now looking at social service protection for children in every part of the country. He did the Victoria Climbier inquiry. His recommendations were accepted, I believe, by all parties in this House as being necessary, and he will now look at what needs to be done. 
The second issue is in Harrogate itself. There is a serious case review. The executive report already says that there have been failings and weaknesses in the system. The full report has now arrived with the Children's Secretary this morning. It is now for the government to take action and we will make a decision about what procedures and what processes we will adopt in relation to Haringey. And I believe that is the right thing to do, both national review and local action. But, but, uh, let me ask the Prime Minister again about the local review. Sharon Shoesmith, who is carrying this out, said... What, what, Honourable members should worry about this. This is a local authority that has completely failed. What she said is that her service, and I quote, her service had worked effectively. Now, the children's minister, the prime minister's own children's minister, said very recently many areas set up their safeguarding board with the local director of children's services as the chair. That is something, frankly, that does concern me. So let me ask him again. Isn't it unacceptable that the person who runs the children's services department is responsible for looking into what her own department did? Yeah. Mr. Speaker, the procedure that was created uh, after the uh, inquiry by Laming said that local authority, directors of children's services and local members had to accept the responsibility. We created lo local safeguarding children's boards. I am answering the question. And that is to safeguard the children in the area. When uh, an incident like this happens, which is so tragic, a report has got to be done. That special report is submitted to the Secretary of State for Children. The report has arrived on his desk this morning. We have already got the executive summary, which was published yesterday, which identified weaknesses in the system. The decision will be then made about what to do in relation to Haringey and what procedures that have to be followed. And I do believe, I do believe there was all-party support for the Laming Report when it was done, and this is the right way forward. I asked a straightforward question, and there's absolutely no answer. It, just on the most, on the most basic. Uh, Please allow the Right Honourable Gentleman to be heard. It will not do us shouting across the chamber after this terrible news has come to us. It is best to let the Right Honourable Gentleman speak. Order. I've made a decision and no one will defy the Chair. The Right Honourable Gentleman. I tell you what is shameful, and that is trying to shout down someone who's asking reasonable questions about something that's gone wrong. Let's be honest, this is a story about a 17-year-old girl who had no idea how to bring up a child. It's about a boyfriend who couldn't read but could beat a child. And it's about a social services department that gets £100 million a year and can't look after children. Yeah. That's what this is about. Yeah. Now look, in the case of failing schools, we take them over. This, this department in Haringey, one in four positions for social workers is completely vacant. They do nothing to help struggling local schools that are failing. And another child has been beaten to death. Will the Prime Minister, I don't expect an answer now, you never get one, but will he at least, will he at least, will he at least consider, consider whether time has come to take over this failing department and put someone in charge who can run it properly for our children? Yeah. Mr. Speaker, I think we are both agreed this is a tragic and serious loss of life that has got to be investigated properly so that all the lessons can be learned. I think he would agree that appointing Lord Laning to go around the country to look at what is happening in each area so that we are assured of what is happening is the right thing to do. And I think he's got to accept that the executive summary that has already been published uh, from the inquiry that has been done in, Har in, in, in Haringey shows that there are weaknesses that exist. So there is an admission of weaknesses that have got to be addressed. 
We have received the full report this morning. We will act on it quickly. We will do it in the right way so that we come to the judgments that are necessary to protect children in the future. I do regret making a party political issue of this issue. Because I, do I do regret that. Because I think. The Prime Minister is in order. The Prime Minister. Because I, think, because I think the whole country shares the outrage. The whole country wants to see action. And the whole country will support the action that is taken both nationally and in relation to Haringey. I think what the Prime Minister said just now is frankly cheap. I'm not making... I asked some perfectly reasonable questions about a process that's wrong and I'd ask the Prime Minister to withdraw the attack that that was about party politics. Mr Speaker, I'm, I'm absolutely clear about this. There is common ground on both sides of the House and we should, max, we should maximise our agreement on these issues about this very sad and tragic case. We have taken action immediately to set up an independent inquiry. That independent inquiry under Lord Heming, who has got a great deal of expertise in this issue, is one that I believe all people will support. Action is going to be taken in relation to Harringate because we have just received the full report and the executive summary has already identified the weaknesses. We have acted immediately after the end of the court case and we will continue to take the action because what really matters is the protection of young children in every part of the country. You accuse me of party politics about this. My apologies, my apologies, Mr. Speaker. He no, accused I'll, me. I, I appeal to the House again. It is not a good thing at this time when we have heard this news about a little child who has gone before us that we should be shouting across the chamber. Let the leader of the opposition speak, and also. Well, if the Leader of the House lets me do my job and she can do her job, uh, let me let the, the Leader of the Opposition speak and also the Prime Minister. The Leader of the Opposition. Thank you, Mr Speaker. All I'm asking is the Prime Minister accused me of party politics. I did not mention who runs this council. Yeah? I didn't mention who ran it when Victoria Klimbeye was tragically killed. All I ask for is the Prime Minister withdraws his accusation that in any way I was playing party politics and not asking a perfectly reasonable question about a tragic case and I was putting to him a point made by his own children's secretary. So I ask him one more time, please just withdraw that I was playing party politics. He knows I wasn't. Mr Speaker, I, I think the whole House will now want to find unity around these three things. First of all, first of all, that this tragic incident has got to be investigated in every possible way. Secondly, the Lord Laming Review is the right review, the right inquiry to have. And thirdly, now that the full case review has arrived at the Children's Secretary, he will take the action that is necessary. Now, I hope the whole House can agree that these are the right things, and we are doing the right things to get the right answer. Obviously, the Prime Minister doesn't feel able to withdraw what he said. Let me, let me just ask him one more time on the, on the central point, which doesn't just apply in Haringey, but may well be a problem elsewhere, as his own children's minister has said, that we have a system that allows directors of children's services to examine the conduct of their own department. This is wrong in every other walk of life. 
this must be wrong in social services where we're dealing with the most difficult and sensitive decisions. So will he at least take away what his children's spokesman has said and say you should not investigate your own conduct? It's simple. Give a pledge. Mr Speaker, it is an independent report that is going to be done. The local safeguarding children's board have got a responsibility, they've got a responsibility to coordinate safe, safeguarding action for children. The Lord Laming report will be independent. It will be done in a way that will review the findings since the Victoria Climbier case. And again, I'm sorry that he doesn't recognise that the action that we have taken has been immediately, immediately after the court case. We've set up an independent inquiry under Lord Laming. We have now the report just arrived this morning on the case review itself. That report will be acted on immediately. And surely it is in the interests of all of us to think of a young child and what we can do to make sure this does not ever happen again. Consumer Focus has criticised the strategy of the Department for Work and Pensions on the replacement of the post office card account as being too narrowly focused on delivering an almost identical product at lower cost rather than on the needs of post office card accounts users and uh, the innovations that can meet those needs. Will my right honourable friend ensure that priority is given to the needs of post office card account <laughs> users and that the opportunity of replacing the post office card account is taken to improve uh, on uh, social inclusion rather than the reverse? Well, I am grateful to what she says. I know that there has been concern expressed in the whole House about the future of the post office card account. We are looking at these matters uh, very uh, carefully indeed. The Secretary for Welfare and Pensions will make a statement in due course. Nick Clegg. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, uh, week after week I have been calling on the Prime Minister to cut taxes for, to give help to people on low and middle incomes, and he is now raising expectations that he will do just that. But why should anyone believe him? This is the Prime Minister who won't take responsibility for people losing their jobs, but did take credit for a bank rescue plan he copied. This is the man who doubled the tax rate on five million of the poorest people in this country and called that a tax cut. When it comes to taxes, he may pretend he's Robin Hood, but he's no more than a petty pickpocket. People don't need, people don't need more cynical tinkering. What people need are tax cuts which are big, permanent and fair. If, if we had listened to the Liberal Party advice, we'd be cutting public expenditure by 20 billion this year. That is not the policy I believe it is right to follow. And I hope on reflection he will support not only the recapitalisation of the banks, but the fiscal and monetary stimulus that ought to be coordinated worldwide uh, and ought not just to be happening in one single country. And it is the ability of countries to work together and to coordinate this worldwide which I think will be important to the recovery in every country. He can misrepresent me all he likes, but he needs to get on and represent the millions of British families who are suffering under his unfair tax system. Right now, millionaires pay less than half in tax that they should on their capital gains. Top earners get an £8 billion tax bonus on their pensions. Up to £40 billion is lost in tax avoidance every year. When will he put an end to these tax breaks to give big tax cuts to ordinary people? Simple, immediate, permanent and fair. Yeah. Yeah.
Mr. Speaker, uh, first of all, we have raised capital gains tax from 10% to 18%. Secondly, we have closed tax loopholes and continue to do so in every budget. And where, where they are found, we take action when it is necessary. But thirdly, I come back to the point, what sort of stimulus to the economy would it be to cut $20 billion of public spending at the moment? Well, Curtis Thomas. Weeks ago in this House, the, Lord, the Chancellor of the Exchequer announced that big major contractors the government would be paid within 10 days. Unfortunately, this fantastic undertaking has not been passed on to the smaller contractors who work for the larger suppliers. That has meant that constituents, my constituents, have gone belly up even though they've done work for the government. My honourable friend invited me to go to Lord Mandelson and ask him for an appointment to discuss this issue. That offer has now been withdrawn by Lord Mandelson, but my constituents still wish to meet him to discuss this important matter. Will my honourable friend do all he can to make him change his mind? Uh, uh, I, I know that the Business Secretary is happy to meet her to discuss these issues. For almost 200 years, the Gurkhas have served in the British Army with loyalty and distinction. Last Tuesday, a Gurkha was killed in Afghanistan. Also last Tuesday, the Home Affairs Select Committee resolved unanimously to call on the Government to allow those Gurkhas who retired before 1997 the right to live in this country in the same way as those who have left since 1997. Will the Prime Minister therefore take the necessary action, particularly in light of a High Court judgment on this matter in September, to allow pre-1997 Gurkhas to live in the UK? Mr Speaker, uh, the High Court judgment is being uh, examined by the Home Secretary. There are, a number of, there are a number of cases of people who have applied to come into the United Kingdom. Th these issues are being reviewed by the Home Secretary now. We have always been clear that where there is a compelling case soldiers and their families should be considered for settlement. However, in the light of the Court's ruling, we are now going to revise and publish new guidance in the near future. We pay tribute to the Gurkhas who fought for the United Kingdom for two centuries. They have served in conflicts throughout the world. They are operating in Iraq and continue to serve with great distinction in Afghanistan. Uh, Gurkhas who have served after 1997 have got the ability to come into the country and we are now reviewing the situation that has arisen because of the court judgment. Ellen Southworth. Thank you Mr Speaker. Friday is World Diabetes Day and next week school children with diabetes are going to be coming to Parliament to seek our support. Will the Prime Minister make sure that they get every help they need at school to manage their diabetes effectively? so they can take up every opportunity that education offers. Yeah. Yeah. Mr Speaker, the Government is uh, committed to improving the quality of diabetes care, and as she said, World Diabetes Day is on Friday, November the 14th. We understand particularly that some children have got, have got difficulty in getting access to the diabetes care and support they need at school, and a working group has been set up to look at this. It includes parents of children with diabetes and the various organisations including Diabetes UK and the Royal College of Surgeons. The Department of Children, Schools and Families is in close liaison with the Department of Health and has given guidance on managing medicine in schools and early years learning and that is what we will continue to do to help diabetes sufferers. Angus Robertson. President-elect Obama showed excellent political judgment by opposing the Iraq war in contrast to the Prime Minister who supported and funded it. Notwithstanding the excellent work of the troops on the ground in Iraq today, 
When will they come home and when will we have the inquiry into the war? Mr Speaker, Iraq is now a democracy where it was not a democracy under Saddam Hussein. Children are now going to school, uh, health services are being provided, and economic development is moving forward in the Basra area where our troops are best represented. We are now training uh, thousands of Iraqi soldiers so that they can take on the task of defending Iraq itself. We are also training thousands of police uh, men and women uh, for the area. When the tasks of training are completed, we will have a fundamental change of mission which will be similar to the relationship that we have with other countries, and I believe we are making great progress in doing so. I am sure my right honourable friend is aware of today's lobby by firefighters about the alarming number of deaths on duty. In the last five years, 22 firefighters have died, including 13 killed at fires. Would my right honourable friend agree that lessons must be learned nationally to improve safety, training and emergency planning? so that firefighters, like everyone else, can expect to return home safe and sound at the end of their shift. Will my right honourable friend meet firefighters and bereaved families to discuss these concerns in more detail? I'm sure the whole House will want to pay tribute to the work and the dedication of the fire services and the rescue services in our country and acknowledge our debt of gratitude to those who risk their lives and many who have lost their lives in service. They play a, a, a vital role in protecting our communities. And I'm sure that uh, our ministerial colleagues will be happy to meet the delegation. Charles Henry. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The, the Prime Minister will be aware that people applying for a warm, home, warm front grant in order to replace a central heating boiler which is broken are now being told they will have to wait until March of next year to have a new one installed because of government spending cuts. Does the Prime Minister agree that it is completely unacceptable, bordering on the inhumane, that some of the most vulnerable people in our society should have to exist without heating this winter because they cannot get help from a government scheme intended to help them? Mr Speaker, I, I think we have just raised the amount of help available for the programme he's talking about. It is called uh, Warm Front and we are doing what we can to help. We've got the biggest insulation and draft proofing programme that the country has seen. That has been funded by a levy of £900 million paid for by the utility companies and I hope he will agree with me that we are doing more than ever to help people in the conditions where they want either draft proofing or insulation and I will look at what he says about the Warm Front operation in his area. Liz Blackman. Um, in this economic downturn, is it not a good thing that members from across this House are urging small firms to take advantage of the small business rate relief, and especially so given that the Leader of the Opposition voted against the measure in the yes. first place? Is this not another example of the Tories following the Government's lead? Mr Speaker, it, it, is, it is helping small businesses through this difficulty that is one of the prime concerns that have led us to recapitalise the banks and insist that lending be resumed to small businesses in our country. And that is the central problem that we are addressing at the moment, that there is a promise from the banks who have received money for us that they will maintain the uh, advertising and the availability of lending at the level of 2007. Uh, we met the small businesses with the banks uh, yesterday. More work will be done on this, and this is the essential uh, element of making it possible for small businesses to have the cash flow they need. Mr. Speaker, on the 26th of November, Terry Pratchett, who has Alzheimer's disease, uh, and representatives from the Alzheimer's Research Trust, will be presenting a petition to Number 10 Downing Street describing the government's funding of dementia research as, and I quote, appalling, it being just 3% of the medical research budget, and asking for an increase. 
Will the Prime Minister meet with me, Terry Pratchett, and experts from the Alzheimer's Research Trust to discuss this? Mr Speaker, of course I will be happy to meet him, but I have to say that we have set aside £15 billion over the next 10 years for the priorities of medical research, which include cancer and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and I believe that the extra additional money that we will spend on research in the next few years will help the sufferers from that terrible disease. John Battle. At times of financial pressure, it's the poor who pay the highest price. So could I ask my right honourable friend whether he would um, get the government to get the regulators of the financial industries to actually seriously consider capping interest rates at 30% on doorstep lenders and others who charge the poorest most and at the same time give a real boost to credit unions to give a practical local alternative. I agree with what he says about credit unions and as we announced yesterday the government will be working with the credit card industry to establish clearer rules and principles uh, and bring forward a statement of best practice about how it will apply fair principles to existing debt. Uh, and so the business secretary and his department are in discussion with the industries about how we can help people who are facing difficulties with credit cards. Uh, the Prime Minister has just said that the Secretary of State for Work and Pensions will be making a statement in due course about the post office card account. Does the Prime Minister recognise that to local communities, their local post offices are vitally important? And these are small businesses which particularly now need exactly the sort of help that people have been talking about. So would the Prime Minister agree that the best way of helping these small businesses would be to award the post office card account contract to post offices limited not in due course, but today. Uh, I know the, um, the interest that people have in the future of the post office credit account, but he must also remember that we are putting uh, two, two billion pounds into the post office network over the next three years. Uh, and I thought that he would be appreciative of the fact that given that we have given two billion in support in previous years, are given an extra two billion in the next three years, we are doing everything we can to support the post office network. Andy Slaughter. Mr Speaker, yesterday's debate showed opposition to Heathrow expansion from all sides of the House. My constituents in West London face the prospect of intolerable damage to their quality of life as a result of an aviation strategy many years out of date. Will my right honourable friend ensure the latest environmental and economic circumstances are considered before any decision is made on third runway and mixed mode? Uh, Mr Speaker, it was right to, to give the whole House the chance to debate the issue yesterday. Uh, we, have, we have said that we support in principle a third runway at Heathrow, but that is subject to being confident of meeting strict environmental conditions. These are the conditions that are being reviewed by the Secretary for Transport at the moment. Lynn Featherston. I was Leader of the Opposition on Haringey Council at the time of the Victoria Climbier tragedy. And I was told that lessons would be learned and it would, should never happen again, and yet it has happened again. And whilst I welcome the Prime Minister's announcement yesterday that Lord Laming would lead a national um, review of child protection services, in terms of Haringey, that doesn't go far enough. And while I hear what the Prime Minister says about looking at the report, that is not a report that will guarantee the safety of children in my borough. So I would ask the Prime Minister, look at that report, 
but call for an independent yeah. public inquiry. Yeah. Well, Mr. Speaker, I, I, I'm grateful for the way she has put the set of issues that have got to be addressed. And the first, the first, the first set of the first set of issues that have got to be addressed is can we ensure the protection of children following the laming report after the Victoria Climbia case in all parts of the country, and that we are determined to do. The second set of issues arises in Haringey itself, and the executive summary has already pointed to weaknesses in what is done there, and that is why when the Secretary for Children has received the report this morning, which is now the full report, he will take as quick action on that as is necessary and look at the procedures that need to be followed in Haringey itself. Mark Todd. Thank you, sir. With the pre-budget report approaching, will he be asking his uh, colleague, the Right Honourable Gentleman, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, to consider the merits of a fuel duty stabiliser amongst his measures? <laughs> M M Mr Speaker, I, I think uh, the judgment of the Shadow Chancellor uh, on this uh, matter does need to be questioned, because the fuel duty, duty stabiliser uh, would mean that petrol, which is 97 pence a litre now, would have to rise today by five pence, and this is certainly not the right time to penalise motorists with a rise in vehicle duty, in petrol duty. Oh, oh yes, oh, oh yes, oh, oh, oh yes, Mr. Speaker, five pence extra at litre. That is the Conservative policy. What was the economic theory behind the end of boom and bust? <laughs> Mr. Speaker, I, I, I explained a few minutes ago that we have been in a world, we have been in a world where we have had high inflation combined with a credit crunch. Now we are in a world where inflation is going down and we have a credit crunch and a downturn. That is why we need new policies to deal with the matters ahead. The unfortunate thing is the opposition are still stuck in the old policies that failed in the past. With a renewed emphasis on uh, job creation, uh, many local authorities in the country have welcomed the financial support that this government has provided in the form of the Working Neighbourhoods Fund. Does my right honourable, honourable friend think, though, that this fund should be used to, to pay for um, town centre Christmas lights, as the Liberal Democrats have done in, in Chesterfield Town Centre? The important thing at the moment, the important thing at the moment, is to do everything in our power to create jobs in every community, and that is what we will do. Order. 